Welcome back, everybody, to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. This is episode two. I'm John. We have Mo. Hey, everybody. And George, of course. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, we, we couldn't be more thrilled with the response to our uh, first couple of episodes of this podcast, and we're excited to be moving forward. As we mentioned before, we're uh, enjoying a uh, technical hurdle for this episode in the fact that I am the other side of the planet from... George and Mo right now. We're about 12 time zones away from each other. It's uh, early in the morning for me, and it's late in the afternoon, evening for them. But that's okay, because we'll find any excuse to get together and shoot the shit about stuff we enjoy. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. And before we get into chit-chat about other stuff, if you haven't already noticed, we still are doing the regular podcast every other week, released every other Thursday. But... That wasn't enough for us. We didn't want to wait two weeks between releasing stuff to you. So on the off weeks, we're also publishing the Gen X Grown Up Backtrack podcast. It'll be right here on the same feed. The first one aired last week, and we talked about Monopoly, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Enjoyed that. It was. And there'll be another one next Thursday after this podcast release where we'll choose a single topic or item or toy or movie or event from our childhood and we'll reflect on it and reminisce about what it meant to us. So, George, I don't know if it's, you got the same feeling, but do you feel that John kind of finagled us into doing this more often? Well, yeah, that's what John does. Every time that I've, I've known John for getting going on 30 years now, the man is probably the best at getting people to think it was their idea to do something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well done, sir. So launching this podcast has been a great experience for us. And I know both Mo and I, we have been listening to podcasts pretty regularly for the last probably two or three years at least. At least, yeah. Uh, but George, it was relatively new to you, right? Yeah, I I didn't really listen to podcasts. I, of course, I knew about them. And I think I tried to listen to a couple of them on subjects that I was interested in, more business subjects and things like that. Not until we started doing this yeah. podcast. And then I said, well, I guess I better educate myself <laughs> about the podcast world. <laughs> well, that's good. So a couple of years ago, Serial took off. There weren't a lot of podcasts that were great. This American Life was very, very popular and solid, but that really grows out of public radio. Yeah. And then Serial kind of... It stepped up the bar for what a podcast could be in a lot of ways by taking some serious journalism. Long format. Uh, and putting some serious quality to it. And after that, podcast kind of blew up. And that's really kind of when I came back into the fold. So since we started this, George, you asked, what are some of the things that I could listen to to kind of get my feet wet in podcasting, right? Yeah, because I... So I understand the appeal of the news style podcast and the investigative journalism, but that's not really something I want to listen to for entertainment for my taste. So I really mm -hmm. wanted some more fiction based options. And so I was asking you guys, you know, give me some ideas of some podcasts that are out there. I think it was the second choice or the third choice on John's list was a podcast called Limetown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I listened to every episode now i finished the series and wow that was that was an experience i was shocked at how quickly i was drawn into caring about the characters in that podcast i mean usually it needs to be something visual for me to care about it but in this case five minutes into episode two i was going to continue to listen to this as often as possible i finished the entire series in like two days maybe two and a half days <laughs> the fact that it's just audio kind of feel like you can get pulled into it a lot easier maybe it's because you don't have to worry about the visual and your brain is filling in all the visual sides of it you just feel like you're kind of vested and you're 
you're willing to suspend belief a lot easier. Sure. I guess it's like when you're reading a book and you're inventing all of that stuff for yourself. So it's your imagination. And because your imagination is engaged, then you become emotionally involved, I suppose. I know uh, some people have kind of criticized Limetown as being a little bit ham-handed and a little eh, overproduced and a little melodramatic. It probably was a little bit. But it was still good. And I tell you, there's an episode where Leah Haddock is in her room and there's someone pounding on the door of her hotel room. Episode number and two. And <laughs> I don't care if that was overproduced or ham-handed. That thing was gripping. It has you kind yeah. of on the edge of your seat. And I'm like, that was, the, that was the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm in on this thing. And I'm just... Me, like so many other people, I'm so disappointed that they never carried it beyond that first season. They went on to do other things, but it's still out there, and it's still great for people like George who just discover it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, not to spoil it for anybody, but the ending of it, yes, I would have loved for them to have gone on to a second season, but the ending of it was kind of nice in a non-Hollywood way of, oh, we've got to make a sequel because this thing was so popular. I didn't mind the way it ended because at least it ended on a logical point. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they did finish it. The thing I like about it is that, one, it kind of has that, it takes you back to, like, the old radio story days. And it's kind of funny how in this modern world they still have a place, or they rediscovered a place now that podcast came around to be able yeah, to just yeah. story It was tell. a natural for me because I still and always have listened to old radio shows. You know, mm-hmm. I'll listen to The Shadow any day of the week. And uh, this is that kind of thing. It's just, it's the, they call it the theater of the mind. It's yeah. filled with a little sound effects and the, the script, and you put in the, fill in the blanks, like Mo was saying. It's great. Well, and of course, it it inspires a lot, too, because the first thing I thought about after finishing the podcast was, how can we come up with a fictional radio podcast that we can do? (laughs) I really, like, I was all in. I was ready to go because it was really gripping, like you said before, and it brought me back to the old Orson Welles radio days, you know, War of the Worlds and that kind of thing, where, you know, you just couldn't stop listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even understand the origin of the term podcast i didn't know where that came from oh from apple yeah when ipods kind of became a thing the idea of being able to easily take an audio file of any kind and put it in your pocket and take it with you and so people started doing broadcasts that you could put on your ipod and they call them podcasts apple tried to copyright that oh really it was a steam locomotive that was too far down that they couldn't you know get their fingers around it so they gave up on trying to copyright it but the ipod really liberated audio and that goes into now where you know we have these iPods, so to speak. They're multiple devices now, of course, but our cell phones being a computer and a phone and a an iPod and all these different devices we're just carrying around in our pocket. It's amazing how far we've come since you and I first met, you know, 20 plus years ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I still use it to listen to The Shadow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, actually, that's one thing. I haven't found any podcast that is more like an episodic kind of thing, like The Adventures of Somebody, like The Shadow. That was a that was a constant running thing. I mean, it ran on right. for, it's, you know, every week. The, the things they do are more serialized, like Limetown or Black Tapes or something. It's right. the serialized that they'll do, right? George, you said you were kind of inspired by the Limetown. You're like, man, how can we put together a serialized thing? The thing is, that requires actual work and scripting. It's more than just three guys getting together, putting on headsets and shooting the shit. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to plan and build a story like that. It's really impressive when you hear it and you think about, you know, the Foley artist work that goes oh, in the background yep. and the scripting and the building of character and story. It's even more impressive when you start doing a podcast of your own and realize just how much work and editing and pre- and post-production goes into something like that. Yeah. And plus you're actually acting. Yeah, yeah. Not just acting a fool, acting for real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I did find that was interesting 
characters seem to be investigative reporters for American public radio, national public radio, those kinds of things. So is that a common fictional device? I think that's kind of a riff or kind of a, a spawn off of the popularity of serial and its structure. Mo, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, if you look at public radio, I mean, they had things like, you know, This American Life. So I think maybe, like you said, maybe people in NPR got kind of used to that. There's a story I'm going to hear every week from this one place. And also maybe it gives it an air of uh, what's the authenticity. You know, when they say that, you know, when right. they come up and say, hey, we're from, you know, this it is, is that authenticity. Natural. Yeah. You know, they say one of the one of the best uh, tools when you're doing fiction is to, you know, sprinkle it with a little bit of fact. You know, I'm yeah. going to do I'm going to do a story about, you know, this monster that happened. Well, if you put it during World War Two, you're like, well, World War Two is a real thing. So maybe their monster is real. So maybe, you <laughs> right. know, framing that in a American public radio, which is, by the way, no such thing as APR. Right. Framing it in that, it sounds like NPR sort of thing. It makes it feel realer, probably. Right. It's kind of like War of the Worlds, right? Yeah, I know that one of the first things I've started to do, I had to stop myself because I didn't want to look like a fool in my browser history. When I'm <laughs> listening to this one that I'm on right now, I started to try and Google search some of the main characters. I'm like, maybe that's a real person. Maybe <laughs> maybe some of this stuff wasn't so oh, fake. Is Limetown a place? Is this scientist a real thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So it was, you know, I don't know. It was good enough that it got me to think about doing that. So that, to me, shows yeah, how quality. wonderful of a job they've done with producing these podcasts. I know they're several years old on a lot of cases. Limetown, I think, was yep. 2014, it sounded like, from yeah, the way that, like that they were talking. Sounds about right. Yeah, I was bought in whole hog from that second episode on. That whole episode, I was like, okay, that's it. You know, one thing is find as funny is, like, we listen to these things, like, I guess, like, kind of going back to the old radio story days is like everything is over dramatic in a lot of cases what do you mean there was no one at the door you know i mean it was just right. everything is like <laughs> only just a little overacted but i think it is kind of cool in a way <laughs> i think gets the story across but in limetown it wasn't that way like i didn't feel other than maybe one character here and there i didn't feel like they were overacting yeah. that much i felt like they were fairly genuine that was one of the things that brought me into it just goes to show you there's a ton of great content out there in podcast. We're going to keep pushing forward with our podcast, and we're going to keep exposing you to other great stuff that we've found, George, as we go along for this ride together. Absolutely. Now you can get two new Nerds candy flavors, Cherry Cola and Rainbow Nerds, in specially marked Nerd cereal. Last time we were on, saying I was looking forward to seeing The Defenders. It has come out, right, and I binge-watched yeah. it. <laughs> so I know, George, you have two, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that was another binge watch where I didn't leave my office until I had finished the entire thing. <laughs> so what'd you think of it? Honestly, I was really kind of fanboyed out every single episode. A lot of great scenes in there for fans of the comic books. Several of the Defenders were had their own teams separate from the Defenders. So like Power Man and Iron Fist had a comic book for a long time that was very mm -hmm. popular. So seeing some of the interactions that they brought forth in this series, I was just like, oh, yay, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you were geeking out. Oh, he was definitely geeking oh, out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I thought that the first couple of episodes were kind of slow. And, and I know they have to spend some time on backstory and kind of what they're all doing and how they all get together and all that stuff. But I thought they could have sped that up a little bit more and i was kind of the one thing i was disappointed about though was that i didn't you didn't see a lot of like team action you saw a few scenes but i think there were few enough that you actually kind of remember them all yeah i mean they didn't really do a lot of team dynamics like all four of them until you get into the later episodes yeah i think that was probably on purpose because 
especially with the ending that they left us with, they're definitely setting it up for the next Defender series and for the lead-ins to the individual series because it's not just those four series. Don't forget, we've got the um, we've got the Punisher coming out yep, as well. Out. Yeah. So I think they were kind of leading everything into that. I think if they had given us too much of that in this first season, it would have been hard to justify it going forward without it just becoming a war cry of oh all they do is fight scenes and all they do is battle scenes i kind of liked <laughs> mm. the slowness and the character build up in the first few episodes that whole character development is something that netflix is able to do with these longer form things right because yeah, absolutely. in a lot of shows you know you really it's episodic or it's uh you, you only have a movie to do it in but yeah uh i noticed that especially in the first daredevil i mean shit he didn't even get his costume until the last, last episode the absolute was, last they, episode. they took the time to build the character and actually understand the person and that's what makes them more involving you know absolutely i totally agree yeah one thing about like that i really liked is like not necessarily the main characters but all the secondary characters getting together um yeah because they had time to really fully flush them up too you know seeing them come together as well as the the main super team i thought was really well done well i thought it was nice that they didn't push the supporting characters into a sidekick role they were very integral to the story and the outcome i mean if you look at the the defenders books and the teams those people that work with them on a on a book by book basis if it wasn't for them half the time the defenders would not be able to save the day those people yeah. are their backbone the defenders are the backbone of those communities and they protect and serve those communities but those secondary characters are the defenders backbone and they're the support system for mm -hmm. them if you yeah. don't have the yeah. nurse half those yeah. guys night nurse other than luke cage you know they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna make it they'd already be dead by now yeah they'd all be dead <laughs> including luke cage would be dead all right then it sounds like it was worth the wait yeah it was definitely good stuff man definitely good stuff yeah all right so speaking of netflix uh george you were telling me about something uh, that you saw was coming up on uh, netflix called death note so death note is based on a manga series of comics from japan the Death Note series in manga for the American version is in 12 volumes. The basic story is there are two worlds. There's the world we know, and then there's the world of the death gods. They're bored. They can live forever. The way they live is if they write a human's name in their Death Note notebook, that human dies, and then whatever life that human would have gotten to live. So they're kind of stealing life from humans by killing them. Well, that just sucks. Wow, okay. So it's a very boring existence. Because of this, the main Shinigami in the story, he drops his notebook in the human world on purpose to allow a human to pick it up. Because when a human picks up a death note, they can now write a human's name in the notebook, and as long as they can see that human's face in their mind when they're writing the note, that person will die. So he drops it in the human realm just to entertain himself? Just to entertain himself and see what would happen. <laughs> Huh, okay. Gotcha. Well, cool. Something I have to look forward to. So, so drop the book in the human world, let them write some names, hilarity ensues. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely have to check it out. George, me and John actually went off and saw Logan Lucky. Have you heard of it? No, what's Logan Lucky? Basically, it's a, it's a movie about a bunch of guys in West Virginia who are basically robbing NASCAR, the big event race there. They're robbing a NASCAR event? Yes. They're robbing from the, <laughs> yep, the, the, the ticket sales. The best summary that I heard for it was a little line at the end of the movie, which was Ocean 7-Eleven. Uh, yep, Ocean 7-Eleven. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Ocean totally Seven Eleven. That's classic. Yeah, it's a little Southern heist film. Tell me that Owen Wilson is in this film. No, Channing Tatum is in it. Channing Tatum's in this. Yeah. Jan- okay. Now I Channing have to Tatum, see it. Adam Driver, and, and, uh, and, and the best cast oh, yeah. against type of all. It's got to be Daniel Craig. No. Yep. Daniel Craig as a bleach blonde convict who knows how to build bombs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Whose name is Joe Bang. <laughs> Joe Bang. <laughs> Tell me he's got like a southern accent or something. Oh, he has he's like a hill oh, he, accent. And he's all tatted up. Oh yep. nice. I am incarcerated. You know. It was <laughs> <laughs> he, and he builds a bomb out of gummy bears and bleach. That's oh right. Oh my god, gummy bears and bleach. That's perfect. So it was it was really good. It didn't do really good at the box office, but if you like a heist movie like a Ocean's Eleven kind of film, that Ocean's Seven Eleven really is. speaks Ocean's to Eleven what is it. this is. I absolutely love that kind of film. That I just finished watching Ocean's Eleven again just like two nights ago. And it's smarter than it needed to be. It actually had a twist in it that you don't see coming. And you're like, oh my goodness, not quite like a uh, sixth sense, like I need to go back and watch it again, but I kind of would like to go back and watch parts of it again and go, are you telling me all along this was happening? And yeah, you didn't know about it. I think it's going to hold up. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, really good. Maybe like Snatch a little bit? Yeah. It was very much like that. Yeah, definitely worth seeing. All right, I have to go see this then. <laughs> absolutely. He said, I mean, just to oh, see, absolutely. Daniel Craig was awesome. Actually, all the acting was awesome. You know who I didn't like in the movie was Seth MacFarlane. Oh, really? Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. He was in yeah, it. Yeah, he kind of plays a comic relief sort of. Uh, he's pivotal to the story, but he was unnecessarily goofy in it. Yeah, yeah. like gotcha. everybody else was playing such interesting characters. His just came off as just sort of brash or whatever He's a race promoter, and he owns some company that, that uh, sponsors a... A car and he's a promoter and he's kind of a dick so that's yeah much exactly like role. very much he's so. seth mcfarland essentially and you realize that these guys are actually a lot smarter than you think <laughs> which is cool because it kind of goes against type yeah, a little bit so. so there's some good stuff out there i mean everything the defenders out there death note and uh, logan lucky all you can go see right now well logan is still in the theater and uh, but the other guys they are available yep right now puppy i'm so glad to find you Talking about tech toys and stuff like that next, I think I've seen that you're in pre-production on something about some arcade machines or something. Are you building an arcade machine or what? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I was in my local store and I came across these little, they are arcade machines, but they're about as big as your hand. They're called Arcade Classics by this company called Basic Fun. Okay, and what you said as big as my hand, like the old days when we had the little battery-operated type things? So kind of, a little bit. It's, it's kind of like Honey, I Shrunk the Pac-Man. So picture you have a Pac-Man arcade cabinet, and you shrink it down to about the size of, uh, I don't know, like a Coke bottle. You know, it's about that size. It's to scale. It's got this great artwork, or at least themed artwork on the sides, and it's got the original game in it. Well, I, I won't say original game. Okay. It has the game. <laughs> yeah. I saw these things in the store, and I've, I've seen a lot of tech toys based on arcade stuff. You've got, uh, you know, Pac-Man things you can plug in your TV to play bad versions of Pac-Man. Right. Yeah. These kind of struck me on two sides. First, it was like an art piece. Like, it kind of, it looked like the cabinet. It wasn't just, you know, shaped like a Pac-Man head or whatever. It was reminiscent of the cabinet, and it had a lot of that original artwork. But second, they've put a pretty decent version of the arcade games into these little cabinets. So what games do they have? I picked up three of them. So I found they had Pac-Man, they had Centipede, and they had Cubert. 
Okay. And nice. uh, I, I'm preparing a video for these. For and I unbox them, but I also do review. I will, uh, without spoiling it, I'll tell you that they all look fantastic. But the games were executed with varying degrees of success. Gotcha. Okay, so some good and some not so good. <laughs> some of them are great, and some of them are crap. Really? Both extremes, huh? But they're really neat. I'm going to have to check out that video when you're done, because I'm uh, I'm interested to see how you, like, how do you control them? How do they fit in your hand? Definitely want to check out your video when it's finished. I'm glad that you bought them all and reviewed them, so I can decide which ones I need to buy and which ones I can just walk past. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. <laughs> I'm a sucker. I'm a completionist. I have to have all of them. <laughs> But not everybody does. And if you get a chance to check out the video, you'll find if you want one or two of them just for reference, uh, you'll see which ones are good and which ones only look good. Nice. <laughs> well, cool. That's neat. I like the fact that you said that they made them look like little cabinets. And all. I think uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how those work out. There are six more castle sets you can collect, each sold separately. King's Castle is part of the Legoland Castle Collection and has hundreds of bricks for building. All right, let's move on to gaming. Uh, we all love games. Has anybody been playing anything new or anything old that's new to you? Well, it's kind of new. I mean, the game came out this year, but it's a game called Prey. John, actually, I actually think I bought it because I saw that you had already purchased it. <laughs> so I figured it would only be so bad. So I was looking for a nice, a fun, like, first-person shooter, you know, kind of a stress relief, blow things up kind of thing. And actually, I've been, yep. I'm very pleasantly surprised by Prey. I mean, the storyline is really interesting. It's got kind of a mind bender aspect to it, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. How they kind of work in, like how you don't know stuff. You know, it's always kind of awkward how you, you know your character can't know something that you know. But they worked in a really neat little yeah. thing for that. As a story, it reminded me a lot of um, oh shoot, John, what was those games that we played that you had like multiple ways of solving problems? Multi uh, Deus Ex. Oh, Deus Ex. Deus Ex. You know, oh, so it kind of reminded really? me of that because yeah, because there's like you could get through a door by finding the pass key, or you can get through the door by finding an alternate route. Nice, I love Deus Ex. So. Or you could just shoot somebody and get his key card or whatever. Yeah, you can you can adapt it to your your play style. Sure, it's really how you want to do it. You know, and I'm not much of a charge ahead and shoot him. I'm more sneak around and stab him in the back. <laughs> Although on some days, some days I just want to shoot a guy in the face. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> there is a place for that, absolutely for sure. And this you could do that with this game. I think I've played it for maybe an hour-ish or so, but um, okay. it was a fun hour, and I'm just like ready to go back and keep playing. I won't quite put it on the level of Half-Life, but I will say no. it had an inspired tutorial section like Half-Life did. Yes, it Oh, did. okay, nice. So how much does the game cost in Steam right now? Uh, it's, it's on well, I bought it price. new for 60 bucks, but it's on sale now, right? Yeah, it's on sale now for 30 Oh, okay, not bad. That price point where I said, okay, I'm going to take a chance on it. Well, and you had the nice early adopter recommendation by having John exactly. play first, so it saved you 30 <laughs> bucks. Nice. Yeah, it's always a good thing. <laughs> There's one of our subscribers, Corey, who once told me that when he looks at games on Steam, he looks at it at about a dollar an hour. He says, yeah. if I can get about a dollar an hour out of this game, that's the price. He estimates about 10 bucks is his sweet spot because about 10 hours is when he gets bored with a game or not. So uh, you got to get 30 hours out of that if you want to meet Corey's criteria for acceptance. That's actually a neat way of thinking about buying a game. I never thought about that before. Yeah, that's kind of, that's his criteria. He's if it, if it doesn't meet that, I'll wait till it's cheaper because you know I, th I might get five hours out of this. If it's not five bucks, he won't do it. If we start doing review videos for games on the YouTube channel, that might be the rating system. It's you'll probably get X hours out of it. Value per hour. Instead of tokens or props, we have to start calling them Corys. I think. <laughs> Corys? Yeah. I give this game four Corys out of four exactly. Corys. And everyone's like, wait, is four Corys good or bad? <laughs> I guess it depends on I don't you know, know. Corey. <laughs> that it depends on your opinion of Corey. That's right. <laughs> 
We love you, Corey. Right. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Corey. <laughs> so there's something else that we all have been playing a bit of, and in fact, we uh, just about have a video ready to go live on the channel, and that is uh, Ticket to Ride. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Great board game. Now, you wouldn't think... Ticket to Ride makes for a very compelling YouTube video. <laughs> it should I, make about as compelling of a video as golf does on television. I Yeah, I put it on that <laughs> level. However, this guy has done editing and hasn't gone live yet. I probably rewatched it about five times, just for entertainment <laughs> value. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched it a couple of times, surprisingly. Um, yeah, I've, I've watched uh, it a few times, and I've shown it to the family, and they've all mercilessly made fun of me. So Yeah. You know, you're drawing cards, and you're putting little trains on a route, and it's, it's not that compelling. Yeah. But what was really interesting in the video was how we work to fuck each other over repeatedly <laughs> and, and, and the dramatic outcomes of the things and all the trash Absolutely. talk. That's what makes it so entertaining to me, at least. You seem a bit sensitive, oh, John. God, so. I, I don't know who got screwed over. Maybe it was me. We'll see. But, <laughs> yeah, we won't give it that away. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it turned out really well. I'm looking forward to it. And again, it's, you know, you know, it may only be entertaining to four people, the three of us and our one viewer. However, one viewer. it is entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Listener, right? <laughs> yep. so, so that's coming soon. We'll uh, we'll roll that out shortly, and everybody can witness my pain. <laughs> One person who's definitely looking forward to it is my daughter. She remembers like back in the day when we play online, like once a week. She used to just oh, yeah. watch us, not because the games were funny, but she just just the smack talk <laughs> between us. She said was just so freaking entertaining that that's why she's looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm glad we can be entertained. My son, when he was watching you know your first rough cuts of this ticket to ride he he made the comment he's like you know i the game i don't really care about i do like watching you guys but there's some places in there where it's just uncomfortable to watch your faces i'm like what the <laughs> heck does that mean what? dad i just can't I see agree. your face i just can't I watch it <laughs> yeah yeah there are a couple of double takes and reactions to comments that uh are pretty uh yeah yeah, I agree with him. I'm like, do we need to have like like little curtains like on a theater stage come down and cover our faces sometimes or something? What what do you want? Jeez. I know. No, no. We have to have like, keep paper it, bags ready to keep put them over our heads or <laughs> Oh great. Alright, well that'll be out soon, so we have that to look forward to. The Play-Doh Mop Top Hair Shop, another playset sold separately from Kenner. And speaking of things to look forward to. This is the part of the show where we like to talk about what things we're looking forward to that will come out or happen or be released between now and the next episode. And for me, number one on the list has got to be something that drops the day that this podcast episode drops, and that is Life is Strange Before the Storm. Oh, Yay. yeah. That, that would have been my number yeah. one if you didn't take it. Well, you can have, you can be your number one, too. I won't, I won't bogart it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have it on pre-order. Uh, Life is Strange was um, an amazing video game as art for me. I was really blown away by it. I wasn't, it wasn't something I played when it first came out. It was, yeah, it was on neither. sale, and I heard good things about it, and I, you know, and my daughter and I, we played it together. We sat down, and we started it, and we played the first episode, and are just our, our jaws were hanging open like, oh my God. It was like you were talking about Limetown earlier in the show, George. It's like, I instantly care about these people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was such a 
it moved above the caliber of this is a game. It was truly interactive fiction. It was a story oh, with absolutely. great characters and compelling things happening. Oh, and just, I, I, I think as soon as I played it, I, I started saying, Mo, you got to play this. George, you got to play this. Everybody <laughs> I knew, I told to play this. Yep. It was that next step for me. When I was younger, I loved watching movies and TV shows, and I loved playing video games, but I never had that convergence of the three mediums where it was something that was as good as a movie as far as storyline and characters, but that I could control the direction it went. And Life is Strange was that times two. Yeah, Powerful. absolutely. Powerful. John, when you recommended it to me, I, I tell you, one of the things I love best about this, that Life is Strange, is is the fact that I could play it with my daughter. Yeah. It, it was like, we would sit there, like, we would stop, not because it was boring or something like that. It was just like, okay, that's all I could take. <laughs> you know? It was too heavy. It right. was, it was like, like, whoa, oh I, my need God, pro- I can't I take anymore. I, I, I've got to breathe. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's like, I can't take anymore. Like, the whole thing with the girls jumping off a building. That whole scene, my stress level was through the freaking roof. Mario's not going to do that to you, you know? Grand Theft Auto's not going to do that to you. This thing had, the, it, it gets you by the feels, and it, yeah. like, drives and drives, and it's, yeah, you're right. You're going to take a break just to breathe. It's yeah, a exactly. really compelling, really. compelling But, of course, game. we picked it up so, the next day, you know? <laughs> well, and I want to make a yeah, point, yeah. too. It, this was not a game that you could only play with daughters. Me and my son played this game together, and both of us were just as enthralled or as, and engrossed as you guys sound about it. We played every single episode back to back to back over a weekend, and then we went back and started it over again. We'll still go back to that game, and it's, I don't know how long I've had that game, for a year now, I guess? And we still go back oh, and play Oh, sure. It. I mean, th- the main yeah. characters are girls, and so I think there's a natural affinity, but it's... It, there's human interaction there's more than just you know shoot that guy or go find this key it's not that kind of thing it, it's about it's a human story and it really yeah, very much can relate so to. It's really and it was good. very human and before the storm has a lot to live up to at this point because I, oh, yeah. it's it's a prequel to the first one so we go back and see some characters that we know we go back and see a character who was only known by reputation. If you haven't played this game, go out and buy it right now. Put pause on the podcast. Absolutely. And go out and buy that game. Yeah. Because you, one, you get yeah. it pretty it's, cheap right you, now. You, you won't regret <laughs> it. No, it's well worth it. So that comes out the day this releases, and uh, I'll probably be uh, playing it at the same time that you're listening to this. So we have Life is Strange coming. Anybody have any uh, anything else you're looking forward to in the uh, coming weeks? Yeah, I mean, there's a game that I've been playing since is kind of a franchise since, since the beginning uh, it's called XCOM and they came up with XCOM then there's okay. XCOM 2 and now there's a, an expansion for XCOM 2 which everything I've been reading about says that it's it's way more than an expansion like it's a whole nother like XCOM 2 plus or something like that I've never played XCOM give me give me the give, give me the 10 second summary what is sure. XCOM it's, it's a tactical warfare game but you're like aliens invaded earth and you're trying to protect the planet Essentially, is what it comes down to like a real time strategy. But you control like six or seven people, or six people, and you control, and it's okay. turn based. So you control like, okay, move to here, move to here, move to here, shoot this alien, shoot this alien. And although it sounds tedious, it actually isn't. They they really control the flow. There's awesome graphics with it. You get characters that because your characters get better over time. They okay. go out into the field and to get experience, the better they get. But when they die, it's really depressing. <laughs> so you're like, wow. no, go kill him. <laughs> no, how could he be dead? No. And they spend a lot of time on that. So, like, when you build your teams and some of your guys get shaken up, so, you know, the next mission, their aim isn't as good. I mean, it's it's a very good game. So I'm really looking forward to the expansion coming out. So when does this come out? If you're listening to this podcast, it came out a couple days ago on Monday. Oh, all right. Things to look forward to, including 
the next episode of our podcast in two weeks and the backtrack that will be next week. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a fun topic. Hey, so if there's anything that we talked about here today that you guys want to learn a little bit more about, just take a look down in the show notes. We'll have all the links and information for you on everything we talked about in this podcast. Hey, and if you really like this show, be sure to subscribe to us on your wherever your favorite podcast aggregator is, whether it's Stitcher, Pocket Casts, or iTunes. Yeah, that's right. And speaking of iTunes, we'll always ask, it really helps us if you are an iTunes user, pop open that iTunes application, go in and give us a review. The more reviews that are in there, the more it helps other people to find Gen X Grown Up Podcast. And if you guys really want to contact us and tell us what you want to hear in the next podcast or some future podcasts or backtracks or even our YouTube videos, the best way to reach out to us is to drop us a line via email at podcast at genxgrownup.com. Don't forget to visit us on YouTube or you can find us on our website of genxgrownup.com. So, hey, guys. Thanks for getting together. I really enjoyed it. Sorry no, it about fun, the uh, time differential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll all talk again soon. There'll be another episode in two weeks and another Gen X Grown Up backtrack in exactly one week from now. We'll see you then. See you guys later. Have a good one, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.